What's up, everybody? On this week's episode of Guys Talking Sports, we dive into this coronavirus uh, outbreak and the effects it's taking on on pretty much damn every sport we could think about. And then there was Al. And then there was Al on the soapbox. And then there was Al on the soapbox talking about the Brooklyn Nets. Damn, y'all don't want to miss this. So make sure you tune in to this week's episode of Guys Talking Sports. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Guys Talking Sports. And oh my, do we have an episode to talk about today? I don't even know where to begin. But I do know I got my boys with me. I got Al. I got E. I'm almost scared to ask you what's good and how your guys are doing, you know, because, you know, we can't find water in the grocery stores. And we can't find bread and toilet paper paper towels and stuff like that but you know we got our health at least for right now <laughs> so it's good <laughs> well i don't know about smooth but i'm in pure survival mode right now um <laughs> i feel like i'm not touching anybody right now i'm just giving air high fives to people bumping elbows yo they know i'm very like i'm like in a closed corner covering my eyes so that people don't see me while i'm on the train going to work but besides that I'm doing good. <laughs> I'm doing good too. Um, it feels like a movie. What's that movie that came out a couple of years ago called Contagion? Uh, right. <laughs> this, this, this feels like a real life uh, thing going on around here, and you know, just trying to navigate the waters as uh, every day there's something new and some new stuff comes out. So, just trying to make the best of it. I hear you, man. I hear you. As our respective states, you know, well, two states, Maryland, New Jersey, governors decide what they're going to do and how they're going to move forward. Mm-hmm. All I ask that all our listeners, our viewers, our however you guys digest this podcast is that you guys stay safe. You know, don't deal with the BS that's out there. And trust me, I understand that toilet paper is important. I also understand that water is important, but dog, you know what we used to do before we had paper, you know, plastic bottles? We used to boil our water, let that joint cool, throw it in the refrigerator, (laughs) then we drank it. (laughs) We're not going to die if we don't have plastic bottled water from the grocery store, so I just thought I'd put that out there. (laughs) Yes. You did. <laughs> I'm like, we gonna be all right, man. Tap water ain't gonna kill you. <laughs> at least if tap water killed you, at least that's better than going out with this crap. <laughs> but anywho, fair point. <laughs> but anywho, fair point. Uh, I guess the story of all stories is the cancellation of Bamber every sport, <laughs> except for Miak <laughs> men's and women's basketball. <laughs> Hold on. Which one? Miac, college, the college, uh, college basketball, uh, the um, black colleges. It's their tournament still going. Oh. <laughs> they oh. said no. Okay, I didn't know that. Well, well, well the, for the Miac side, yes. CIAA's, um, I believe, has ended already. Um, right. I put a little plug in right. for the CIAA's, of course. Right, right. Shout out to JCSU, but I could digress. Continue. <laughs> I gotta give them a shot. Go ahead and give them, <laughs> go ahead and give them their props, man. <laughs> Golden Bulls, it's good. 
right. So, yes. So, pretty much everybody underneath the sun, except for the MIAC conference and the men's and women's uh, basketball, is participating in any sort of sporting event. Sporting event. Uh, so, how are we feeling about this? You know, uh, do we think that conferences and the NCAA as a whole, along with, N, you know, NBA, MLB, soccer, tennis, NBA, are they overreacting? I mean, obviously the NBA is not overreacting based off of what we know now. But the other sports, the only other sport that we can say that hasn't really canceled anything is the NFL, other than they canceled that meeting, the mandatory owners meeting, but they're still going on, you know, as, as scheduled as far as their league will begin operation in sometime in April, I believe. So um, what is you guys' take on everything that's going on right now? Well, I was uh, very surprised, uh, you know, when I heard the news, um, because I wasn't aware um, that even Rudy Gobert, that there was any kind of things swirling around him that he might have, you know, contracted the virus. So when it all came out, you know, it was just almost like a surreal, a, a surreal feeling. Um, it's kind of like almost you didn't believe it. You almost didn't want to believe it. Um, you know, there's been already talks and already been arrangements made to play games without, you know, fans in the stadiums. Um, but, um, you know, when you heard this and then you heard the game was postponed and then, and the whole season was suspended um, until further notice. Um, it was just crazy. I mean, most players didn't know if the season was even going to start. Um, most players didn't even know if, you know, what was going to happen past this. Um, when you found out that Rudy Gobert had contracted the virus, and I think it really hit home. All the teams that played them within the last, you know, five to ten days, you know, now they're worried about – how that's going to look for them moving forward. Are they, you know, in, in, in danger or in threat of contracting the, of the virus? So it was just, you know, a lot of things that was just like hard to believe. I mean, last time we saw the NBA stop playing basketball was when they had a work stoppage several years ago. And that was because the CBA broke down and that was it. But this is just like, you know, the pandemic as the well, well, world health Look, the World Health Organization labeled this virus now. I think it brought everything really home. And, you know, you think about this kind of stuff, but until it hits somebody that, you know, on a team, you know, I think, you know, they had to shut it down. Um, the, um, both teams were quarantined for a while. I think the um, Utah Jazz was quarantined to like about 2 a.m. Um, I'm not sure if they went home, but I think at least the um, – the Oklahoma City Thunder was able to go to a hotel uh, where they were um, held up. And I think they're still there at this point. I'm not sure if they left, but, you know, now it's just no one knows anything. I mean, it's just suspended. You don't know for how long. Now you just heard that um, Devin Mitchell was, you know, now he's tested positive for the virus. You don't know if anybody else is going to test positive for the virus, you know, in the league. So right now this is such a fluid situation. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I mean, it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, it's, it's, we're at a point right now with this being um, an epidemic at this stage. 
Um, the NBA has to be careful and mindful of their players first. Their players' health is first and foremost right now. And to be honest, you don't want to risk – with so much traveling that the players or pro athletes do nowadays, you have to be mindful that there can be some risk involved, um, especially with something like this. So, um, I, like you said, Smooth, you're exactly spot on. Because um, there were talks about from a risk factor that, you know, the, there was going to be games. Actually, the game was supposed to be tonight um, with the Warriors versus Brooklyn in regards to no fans being there. It's just supposed to be a closed event. Um, just where the players were supposed to play and no fans were would attend the games. So they was going to test that theory out. But then, like you said, when Goldberg got, um, was infected, they postponed it and eventually ended up suspending it. So the players have to come first. Um, fans have to understand that. And with so much going on, fans, is a risk factor involved. Um, and they have to minimize that risk as much as possible. And the NBA does care about their players. I mean, so I thought it was the right move for all sports, to be honest, to, to be on, on a – to rather be safe than sorry approach than to try to risk something where it would be further damaging, not just for the league, but for the organizations, the sports organizations as a whole. So – I think kudos to the NBA for getting in front of this ahead of time. And I believe that to all the fans out there who may not be happy with the idea of approaching them suspending it, it's more of catering, you know, preparing. It's more for being providing safety for the players, which is something that, you know, fans could just have to accept. Um, it's only suspended. It's not really – it's not canceled. I think sports um, – I think the leagues was very um, – what's the word I'm looking for, direct on that approach where they're not canceling the season but merely suspending the season until further notice and then come to find out that it would be for 30 days they're going to reevaluate. So I think that was a great move um, all around. And now you're seeing other leagues doing the same thing. Um, it's unfortunate, but the player safety comes first. And I think it's kudos to the league for doing something like that and protecting the players. Great. I saw something where the XFL is canceling the rest of the season in the postseason, but they plan to honor their players by paying them throughout the rest of the regular season, which I thought was very honorable. And that's a good yeah. idea. Right. Yeah, that's, a, that's a real good idea. Considering how the other league folded and they ain't get no payments and stuff like that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, that just shows, the, that just proves to me that the XFL was a little bit more successful than what folks probably want to give it credit for. Well, I think maybe a little bit more money behind it because the, um, you know, the AFL, they just went belly up and bankrupt. Yeah, but they had a lot more financial back, backing and, and the NFL bank, uh, backing more so than the XFL. I don't know. that. I'm not sure about that because outside of the first one or two weeks, when you saw them on CBS, they were relegated to like ESPN on some off-brand nights where the XFL, you see them on Fox. Every Saturday and Sunday, you see them on Fox and ABC. So, to me, it looks like the XFL had a little bit more corporate backing than the AFL, even though AFL games weren't that bad. But this one, you seem to hear about the XFL a little bit more. And you see them on TV on the weekends where the AFL was after the first first two weeks. You didn't see them at all. But I say yes, you know, credit you know, Vince McMahon and his team for being able to um, pay out the guys' base salaries. Um, 
they are going to, they will come back. Um, but you know, they're, you know, they're following suit after the NBA and no more March Madness. Damn, are you? <laughs> like the one time are you is doing well and they make the actual tournament. This happens. Yeah, well, don't feel bad. I mean, it's uh, the first time West Virginia uh, didn't go to a tournament in a, in a while, and then they come back and have a pretty decent season, and they're not going to be playing either. So, Yeah. Now, but I do say kudos because the NCAA could have just risked that all, and they took the safe approach. I think, to be honest, I think they all follow modeled what NBA did and got ahead of it, and I think it was a great move because – if they would have kept it going, I just don't see it being successful, even though it is March Madness. Um, people will watch it on TV, of course, because it would be the only thing that's showing sports-related in March. But the thing about it is, is that it wouldn't have done nobody no, no good. And they would have got a lot of backlash off of that because they would have been just another example of the NCAA risking, you know, all – caring about the almighty dollar and then caring about their players. So it would have been a bad look if they continue on with March Madness. Yeah, and you, we know it was all about the dollar. I mean, they were trying to go as far as, you know, no players, you know, at games and they were, I guess, using the, um, the different, you know, conference tournaments to kind of see how that would go and people were going to do it. Um, they had been talk about it. I know they were probably really resistant to doing that unless they absolutely had to. But once Rudy Gobert tested positive and, you know, an NBA kind of, you know, shut stuff down, I think that kind of gave, you know, NCAA and Mark Emirates probably, they kind of had to do it. Some people who were kind of, you know, campaigning for it but not really getting good looks now, they had to cover, oh, the NBA just did it, then we can do it. And you saw how it just snowballed NBA. NHL, Major League Baseball kind of pushed things back. And then the NCAA with the March Madness, the conference tournaments first. First you had the – actually it was Duke who said they weren't even going to play in the ACC tournament. And then the ACC tournament said, okay, well then no one's playing. And then you saw Big 12, Big 10. Um, I don't know if the Big East is playing or not. Last time I saw – I thought I saw a game play, being played this afternoon, but I could be wrong. But, yeah, I think – you know, all the immediate things that were coming up, you know, kind of got folded. But on the other note, but on the other hand, I'm looking at it like everything about the coronavirus is all on TV. That's all you hear. We know is, you know, it's very serious. But sometimes sports is the one thing that can take people's minds off of what's going on out. In absence of sports, everyone's going to be fixated on watching this 24 hours a day and whipping up people in more of a panic than they already are. So I would have, I understand why they did it, but I would have, you know, I wouldn't have been mad if they said, okay, we're going to play. If they took all those levels of precautions because I think people need some type of thing to kind of get their minds off of being on the coronavirus 24 seven. Yeah, but you know, I mean, it's the media's job to sit there and cover the news whether we believe it's fake news real news or whatever um and i definitely don't want the swingies to be a political thing <laughs> but 
I mean, we we kind of have to follow what the news is bringing us in order to get some sort of you know semblance of how to approach our everyday life. I can see if the government was being forthright and forthcoming with the actual truth about what all is going on. But I do know this much, working for the state, I understand that no state, I'd be, I'd be really hard pressed to believe that any state has a, a real concrete idea of what the hell is going on concerning the virus and who all is infected versus who is it, who's been tested or whatever. So until we know for sure, until they can get test kits and we could test, start testing everybody, we don't know the true number, you know? So I know here in Maryland, it says 12. I don't believe it, I think it's more than that, <laughs> but they can only go by what they confirmed. So I, I you know, it, it's, it's unfortunate for us fans that we don't have stuff to cheer for come conference tournament time and now especially when we talk about March Madness because you know in March that's all we talk about nobody cares about the early stages of golf nobody gives a damn about uh XFL nobody's going to care about college baseball right now nobody damn near give, you know cares about uh exhibition baseball March Madness is strictly about college basketball and you talking about you don't have any college basketball to watch and everybody's not going to sit there and have their eyes glued on the BAC conference. So we can go ahead and forget that. <laughs> <laughs> but that would, that, hey, that would generate the MEAC conference with the quickness. I agree. I agree. And I heard Vegas is really setting it up so that they can sit there and capitalize on, on the MEAC. But nobody knows how to sit there and bet. Because nobody gives uh, two dams about black colleges in their basketball tournament. <laughs> Oh, I think somebody about to start giving a damn about it. Because, like I said, I understand totally why they did what they did. But you're going to need to give people some kind of distraction so that, you know, you can't just have it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You need something for other for people to kind of, you know, get their mind off of it. Yes, you have to be, you know, mindful of what you do. Now, if you ain't washing your hands, covering your nose and all this stuff, I mean, people's running around here nasty. What they're asking you to do is some simple shit that you should have been doing, you know, carte blank. And if you got to be reminded, and at my job, they have forms and everything out there in big letters to saying, do the simple shit you should be doing. What <laughs> we tell, you know, kids to do, we some nasty, filthy people in America. No, but not only that. I mean, that is true. We, I agree with that. But it's not only that. It's just that the fact is, is that people are now just not caring. I mean, they could be, I just, and like you said, I don't want to get in political and about the news, but the fact is that there's people out there that knew they had it, but still would travel because of their selfishness. And that is the biggest issue that I have with people. People knew that they had the virus, but instead of staying self-quarantined, they want to go out and venture and do so many other things to get more people affected. For what? Like, if they're telling you and you know that you have it, why would you risk yourself? And we, I'm sorry to get off this horse, but I'm just saying, like, people do some stupid things sometimes. 
Like the washing of the hands, that should be just, you should know that without question. It's a necessity, regardless. That's something that you should do. You do when you were knowing that as a little kid, you knew to wash your hands before you eat. So for that alone, that should be enough for you to know that as an adult, you should do that regardless. But what kills me is the fact that there are people out there that know they got some type of thing going on, whether it's a virus, a flu, a cough, or sickness, but yet they would still travel on a plane or on a cruise because they feel as though that they can do whatever they want, not worrying about the people that they affect. And that's a big pet peeve of mine. And it's something that needs to be addressed. And I'm, I'm saying this because there are so many people out there that are doing whatever it takes to get them from not being sick. And then you want to come with your sick self to come in and affect the whole entire people in your area because you didn't want to stay home because of whatever reason you felt as though that you were powerful enough to just walk the streets knowing that you're sick. Like, that's arrogance and that's ignorance. And that's something that I cannot tolerate. If you know you sick, and this is what they tell you, if you know you sick, stay your butt home. There's no reason for you to affect other people with your sickness. Bottom line. I, I see where you're going with that. But I tell you why people are still doing what they're doing. You want to know why? Because airlines don't issue refunds. Cruises don't issue refunds. If, if, if what's going on now with this pandemic, if airlines were to sit there and say, well, you know what? I understand. Let me go ahead and give you your money back. Or cruise ships would be like, yeah, I get it. Let me go ahead and give you your money back. I guarantee people wouldn't travel. But because they will either say, you can either go on your trip or you get credit. And they'll be like, well, what the hell am I going to do with the credit? Where am I supposed to be going? You know what I'm saying? And that's why people opt to go. And I know exactly what you're talking about. That cat that flew from New York down to Miami. Talk about he was sick. And he got the notification that he had no uh, the norovirus on his on during the flight. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's a selfish motherfucker, right? There. <laughs> but Hold you on. know what? He got the okay. notification that he that he tested positive for it while he was on the flight. Yes, yes. He knew he was sick. He knew he was sick. He knew he got tested. Yep. But he 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 danced that fine line and decided to take the flight anyway. <laughs> Well, you know, as the person who was a, uh, you know, was a traveler at my last job, you know, I, you know, did travel when I, when I was sick. We are preconditioned. If you're sick, try to, try to muscle out and go to work unless you just can't make it. We do it at work. We do it at school. When I was flying, I make sure I get all doped up and, you know, all the cough medicine and stuff that I could. All I'm going to do is get on the plane, you know, go to sleep. We've been conditioned for the longest. Even with the flu, you know, people will still try to muscle out and manage the work because that's how we've all been preconditioned. So I get the thought process because he probably didn't really think he had it or at least he's probably hoping he didn't have it. I mean, if he had got the news before he even set foot on the plane that, yo, you tested positive and he still went on the plane, yeah, Al, that's very fucked up. If you like, I hope I don't got it. I don't think I got it. But then you get on a plane, it was like, oh, shit, I got it. <laughs> no, that's, no, just, I, that's just no, how we are, in my mind, condition, you know, when you're sick, you still try to go to work. No, no, no. I get certain things, and I'm willing to be, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that it's every time somebody gets sick, but it's just certain things, and, and maybe it's because of, 
it's a lot of risk factors involved. And being at, you know, kind of, I kind of, cause I kind of work in a risk management company. It's like, you start to see those risks, like what is big and what is not big and, you know, what is low risk um, at this stage. And it's just the fact that certain things, like you said, if they know about it and they still do it, despite of people telling them, you know, you shouldn't go, whatever the case may be. Now, if you think you are and you didn't know, that's fine. But I'm talking about people that know, know that they're sick, know that they have something, but yet they still go anyway. Knowing that they, and not even that, like if you go put a mask on or something, you don't want to be bothered talking to people, it's one thing. But if you're going freely and you are open and you're talking with people and you're all up on them knowing that you're sick, you know what I'm saying? That's where I have an issue with. And it's just the fact that there's people out there that's actually doing it with no care in the world. And especially with something like this is involved, like you said, and I get it. People with that, like going on cruises and catching flights, you know, they don't want to lose that money. I could go, I could talk much about airlines, why they don't do certain things that they do and why they do things that the way they do. That's another event, another time. But the point is, is that I just felt as though that I get, you know, when people don't, when people are careless like that, that becomes a problem because now you're putting other people who, you know, other, you put in risk, more risk on other people. And then this starts to grow and grow. And then you'll see more cases like the nursing home in um, Washington, where all those people died, you know, that's a high risk area. And yeah, they said that they, people could have possibly been having that damn virus since mid, uh, mid January and didn't know it. Mm. And, and to be honest, I think having more education and more information about this going forward will help educate a lot of people. And it's, it's crazy because in the sports world, now with everything going on, like you have to eliminate the amount of risk of people being involved in the, you know, in the sports because of the, something like this to eliminate, help minimize, I shouldn't say not eliminate, but minimize the risk factor about this coronavirus. And it's unfortunate. So let me ask a question here. Um, I don't know if we can stay on the, you know, the NBA for a while, but we do know the NBA is suspended um, for, we don't have a timetable. Adam Silver didn't say it for how long. He just said it's suspended until further notice. Do you guys think that they will resume the NBA season at some point in time? Or do you think that they're going to wholesale, just cancel it altogether? Because he never said it was canceled. He just said it was suspended. Um, go ahead, Ace. Uh, if I had to guess, I would guess 30 days from now, shit isn't going to be any better. And they're going to, I think they'll just, post, I think they'll just suspend the season, postpone it, and just say it's a wash and then get back to it next season. Because <clears throat> from my understanding, from what I've been reading and what I've been hearing, that it's going to get way worse before it gets better. And if we, if the country is aggressive about trying to contain probably won't contain it until June and July. And even then, the risk of it coming back up come the winter months is, is highly probable. So, I don't know. I mean, 
I know when the owners come, to, you know, when come, the bottom line to the owners is, is the almighty dollar. I understand all that. You know, they want their money. But in the same sense, you got to look out for those who are the ones generating all that money for you. And if they're not healthy and if they can't play, then what's the point? I say just cancel it. Just be done with it. Just say 2020 has just not been a good year. <laughs> let's just see how, the, you know, let's see how the end of June, July comes about and then it's kind of reassessed. I'm going to be honest with you. I heard that there could be talks of them um, resuming it back, until, I mean, until August. Um, I, I, like I said, that's just, uh, that's the, the they, they're hopeful that it could be resumed back in, I mean, we resumed in August when everything dies down. That's their optimal plan. Um, so directly into the, the following season, like they don't have no break? I, to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if they shorten the rest of the, maybe play like a 10 game season to finish out the season and then go immediately into the playoffs. And I wouldn't be surprised if they delay the October of 2020 until maybe December and shorten that season. I think that they'll make it. I mean, if they if they resume in August, I wouldn't be surprised if they shorten both the 2020, the rest of the 2020 season and 2021 season um, and minimize the games there. I don't see them playing all 82 games in 2021, regardless. Well, I, I think that Ace with you, I'm thinking in 30 days, I guess you have to see landscape they say you know all these reports are saying that's going to get you know worse before it gets better I guess you have to wait and see in 30 days what everything looks like don't be surprised because right now we're at middle of March um, playoffs wouldn't start until what May beginning of May mm-hmm. don't be surprised that they wait all the way out and then you get to the end of April and May and if things have kind of started to if it's contained to the point where people are okay enough to say they want to travel, don't be surprised if they say, well, in May, we're just going to have the playoffs. Whatever the records are that stop in May, if things look like it's contained and the numbers aren't, you know, you know, all through the roof and it's, you know, there's a little bit more public acceptance to traveling, they might stay there or they might just go back to we'll just have games in the you know in the stadiums with no public <clears throat> but just the press. I can see that happening because I think the owners still want to get some games in. Because it's not just affecting the owners, it's affecting everybody that works at the stadiums all together. So you're it's not just the players, the owners, you got the people at the concession stands and hourly workers that are still being affected. So they could say it. I mean, if you start getting a whole bunch of other people on teams that are all infected, and yeah, and their symptoms become progressively worse, then yes. But let's think about it. There are a lot of people in China that have recovered, and their bad periods was January into February. So I will probably say within 30, maximum 60 days. I think if, or at least by the mid-April, they'll probably reassess and see if they can at least do the playoffs. Yeah, but or at least have or at least have an abbreviated playoff. But think about those states that haven't even had well okay, I say this I say this loosely. <laughs> All those states who claim they don't have any confirmed cases. Because there's still half of the damn country, a lot in the Midwest and some other states, 
they claim to not have any cases, but we all know that that's probably not true. So, I mean, and a lot of, some of those states are states that where professional teams are and there's no confirmed, no confirmed cases. So you can't say to do that unless you're going to say then they could play without no, no audience, which then I guess if they do that, then they need to do that for the rest of the season. But like yeah. I said, this is all predicated on <clears throat> if, you know, things are contained to the point or they don't spike to the point where, you know, you're getting a little looseness where people might feel a little more comfortable. That's all see how you got things look in 30 plus days. I mean, it could be, you know, shit crazy more. And then, yeah, they probably won't play anything. But trust and believe those governors are like, look, we all making money and we all losing money. So if things don't look bad by mid-April, let's think about trying to, at the very least, run the playoffs based on whatever the records are as it, as it stood when we stopped. And to be honest, I, I do have a problem with that. Not so much a problem, but um, because it was something else that the NCAA was doing um, where they're awarding um, the, the conference champions. Um, yeah, I now, don't... I, yeah, I don't like that. I, I yeah, yeah. I it just I I just don't understand that. Why would you award them the conference championship when it's supposed to be suspended? Like you're basically just saying that this is just canceled, and you know whoever was on top right then and there now is the champion. You don't know what was going to happen. Where it was, there's still some t some games that need to be played. Um, I kind of find that they was rushing, um, doing something like that. That's just my opinion. Yeah, but I mean, bottom line is, I guess they did that in thought that the NCAA was going to do their tournament. If, yeah. they, if they didn't think that that was going to happen, I guarantee they'll probably just say they'll just end the season and not even call. But, but that's what I'm saying. I'm thinking like that's what they should have done without even calling the winner. And there's people like the post stuff like that, showing that they're, you know, I just think that that was a little bit too, it wasn't the right time. Felt a little off about that. Um, and it, it could be just my opinion. It's just that I felt as though that if you're suspending the games, you don't have to declare anybody to be a winner at this state. I mean, you really, in my, it's just my, it's my opinion, but I felt as though that just move on. If you're going to have the tournament, then that's fine. But you don't have to declare anybody as a champion as of, I mean, right now. Yeah, well, it's going to be a it's a very fluid situation. It's going to be changing True. daily. Um, I know our president didn't do anybody any favors by that speech he gave last night. If he was trying to calm fears, he did the exact opposite. He made everybody batshit crazy, in my opinion. But before we move anything else, I want to hear your rant about the about the Nets, homie. <laughs> <laughs> yours, baby. Put the spot out on yourself. Floor is yours. Go for it. Tell him why you mad, son. Tell him why you mad. All right. Um, all right. Um, I'm, I have to say this. I have to preface this. Um, when I first heard it, that was my initial response. Completely ticked off. Let me, let me start from the beginning. Okay. Um, as majority of you guys know, I'm a Brooklyn Nets fan, um, diehard Brooklyn Nets fan. Um, new from from all the way back to New Jersey days. So, that being said, I thought that 
when I was, I was at the barbershop um, with my son getting his hair cut when I saw the message and I really thought it was a joke. I thought that I started seeing messages. I'm thinking like, all right, they're just trolling. People are just playing around, you know, they're saying that Kenny got fired. I'm like, nah, that can't be right. This is some type of joke. Then, of course, when Adrian and Sham, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN and Sham, um, they both were saying that, you know, the Nets and Kenny Atkinson parted, mutually parted ways. I'm like, what? So my initial reaction was, and I immediately tweeted out, I said, look, Joseph Sai and Sean Marks better have a press conference. They need to explain what just happened because for the life of me, I couldn't understand. There was no bad, you know, as far as I knew, there was nothing going on as far that would make me think that Kenny Atkinson was going to leave the Brooklyn Nets. And, you know, I said, I need some answers because I just don't understand this. And I'm like, my mind was just racing. I was pissed. I was upset. Um, because I thought that Kenny Atkinson was doing a great job. I thought that Kenny Atkinson was doing a phenomenal job, especially what he did last year with the players that he had. All right. So I'm going like, why did this happen? Why did this happen? So at first I thought it was, you know, there was rumors about the whole thing with Katie and Kyrie and, you know, saying that they was not on the right page. Then to come to find out, you know, and all this was coming in on Saturday, players were saying that they felt as though he wasn't the right coach, you know, yada, yada, yada. So now I'm even more pissed off because I'm like, yo, players are, there's so many people are saying, some players are saying this, some players are saying that. Kenny Atkinson did a remarkable job last year for a team that wasn't really, that people had written off of not making it to the playoffs. They made the playoffs as a seventh seed. The players loved to play for Coach Kenny Atkinson. They loved to play because the culture was there. There was a culture there. Everybody could identify that the Nets play hard with this culture, with this team, with this coach. They play for the coach. Um, you know, that was one of the things that I was so impressed with last year. When they made the change for, to bring Kyrie and KD, everybody was in the assumption that you know, with them, plus Kenny Atkinson, you know, and these people coming in, that should be enough to put them over the top. They're going to be one of the top teams in the West, I mean, in the Eastern Conference. To see this happen, I thought off the bat that they did Kenny the wrong way. Reason being, and this is my, the reason why I'm saying this is because this, I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was the players, don't know if it was management, because there was talks of saying that Joseph Zai was the one that wanted Kenny gone. There was talks of saying that it was Kyrie, of course, being a coach killer and wanted Ky um, Kenny Atkinson gone. There was another people saying that it was a bunch of, it was, com it was veteran players who felt as though that Kenny Atkinson wasn't the right coach for them and they wanted him gone. Here's my point, and the reason why I'm upset about it is the fact, the, the, the simple fact is this. Kenny has proven himself to be one of the best young coaches in the NBA, period, by none. He's coached all these young players, brought them up. He's the one of the best player development coaches to be in the NBA, seriously. You did not even give him the opportunity to even play K with KD, 
to coach KD, to coach Kyrie at the same time, to coach Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie. All of them was not on the team because KD was injured. Kyrie was injured for the most part of the season. You telling me that you could not give him the opportunity to coach them and see what he could do with all those players fully healthy, with the team fully healthy. You're telling me that you do this midseason because you felt as though, and Kenny may have been like, you know what, I can't coach these players. That may be rightfully so. But the point of the matter is, is that the opportunity was not there. And the fact that it is that the opportunity wasn't there for at least him to try. And that's what the culture was all about. That's what the Brooklyn Nets culture was about, player development, having the sense of we are here for everybody. And what this did kind of devalued their model, their MO. The fact is that we play hard. The fact is that we have a culture, an identity here. And when they did that, that soured a lot of people. And to me, I'm upset about it because the fact is, is that for the most part, you he earned the time that he was here. He earned the players' respect. But you're telling me that at this point that the players don't respect him enough to take him to the next level and not even have the opportunity to even see what was going on with the players that he had? So I'm going to say this. If it was the players, the players should be ashamed of themselves because you didn't even give the man the opportunity to play. I don't care if it was veteran players. If it was either younger players, I would be even more pissed off because the fact is, is that the younger players, Kenny Atkinson got the younger players to where they are. He got Karis LeVert to be a superstar player. He got Spencer Dinwiddie, who was every team written him off to be a six man and now a star in the NBA. But yet they didn't defend their coach if that was the case. Now, if it was the players, if it was the veteran players and I say this loosely if it was the veteran players and you're telling me that you couldn't even you're looking for a veteran coach and you've written off what Kenny Atkinson did for the Brooklyn Nets then you're far gone than what I thought you were because you didn't even give a coach the opportunity to show what he could do not even a full season you gave him half a season and then you got upset and got off of you felt as though that as a veteran player you need a veteran coach I say this because this was going to hurt the Nets down the road. When you have a player development coach as good as Kenny Atkinson, where he was developing these players, these young players, when the veteran players leave, and they will leave, who is going to be there to continue the development of the NBA, of, of the Brooklyn Nets? It's not going to be Kenny, and then you're going to be looking for someone else to do to fill the shoes that Kenny was doing a great job in. So not only are you doing this, you're gambling the rest of this, these four years that you have with Kenny, I mean, with KD and Kyrie on a coach that comes in, and not just any coach, you have Jacques Vaughn to be your coach going for the rest of this NBA season. Jacques Vaughn, mind you, had the lowest percentage as a head coach for the Orlando Magic of 25%. 25%. And now you got him leading the Brooklyn Nets and thinking that they're going to make a 7th seed and better off than what they are. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say this loosely. So if it's Sean Marks, and if it's Joseph Tsai, and if it's management, 
y'all really need to check yourselves because what you're doing now is you lost the identity of the Brooklyn Nets. You want to talk about culture, but yet you're not doing anything in that case to defend the culture. You're making it worse. And then now you got veteran players coming in, changing the culture of the team that got you in seventh place last year with a bunch of young players. And now you're bringing in a veteran presence. And now you're thinking it's going to put you over the top. I'm going to say this to the Brooklyn Nets organization, to the players that are currently there, to management that is currently there. You do this now, you better be, be better be prepared to win it all. I want a championship season. I want a championship. I want a championship coach. I want a championship team. I don't want no more talk about you saying we're building no more. You put this on yourself. If you feel as though that you can get rid of Kenny Atkinson, and I'm not even not even upset about you getting rid of them, but you better show and prove. That's what I'm coming from. You better show and prove. You better have a winning record next year. You better be one of the top teams in the NBA, in the Eastern Conference, definitely in the Eastern Conference. Because if you come in seventh place or in sixth place or in eighth place next year with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, and you got DeAndre Jordan playing center now because you felt as though that Jerry Eric can't play center now, you you got all these pieces in front of you. If you don't show and prove, it's going to be a problem because then you change the culture that was getting you the players and the fans that you wanted on the Barclays Center. So I'm going to say this very gently. You better show and prove because if you don't show and prove, it's a big disappointment. A big disappointment. And then I'm going to blame, I'm not going to blame the players. I'm going to blame management because they should have stuck up for Kenny Atkinson when they had the chance. Bottom line. I'm telling you this right now, and I'm telling you straight up, Kenny, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, if this was on you, if this was on you, the fact that Kenny Atkinson left, you better show and prove. Management, it goes for you. If it wasn't for the players, if it's management that did it, you better show and prove. Somebody better show and prove. If you win a championship, all bets are off. Then you made the right decision. But if they, you don't win a championship, if you don't even make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, that's a problem because you invested all that, all that time, all that spent to bring in a culture in the Brooklyn Nets, and now you devalued it when you let Kenny Atkinson go. Bottom line, and I could go on and on about it, but the point is, is that you really invest in this on your veteran players. Your veteran players better come together and make this work. That's it. Well, well, I said that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I almost, wow. almost want to. I wish I had a mic so I could drop the mic and just say fade to black. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no need to follow up on that. <laughs> uh, the only thing, only thing I can say is that uh, at least the Lakers let Luke Walton finish out the season. <laughs> and he, and now he's sticking up the joint in Sacramento, but that's just here or there, you know what I'm saying? But uh, he at least. He at least had the backing of ownership in the team to say we're going to let you run it out to the end of the season, and then they, you know, got rid of him. But they gave him a nice lot. But they gave him a a nice landing spot to go to. Yeah, and I'm I'm not knocking. I mean, because you know, I w I want nothing but the best for Kenny Atkinson. I really do. Um, but I just felt as though that to do it now 
when you're trying to make the playoffs. You're not even completely in the, in the playoffs yet. You're still in seventh place. Could be a good chance you could fall out of the playoffs spot. To do it now, and then now to invest the rest of your season in Jacques Vaughn, not to take nothing away from Jacques Vaughn, but he does not have the pedigree to make it even into the playoffs. So what would happen if you don't make the playoffs in 2020? And that's the problem I'm having. I'm just saying I'm not fully, I'm, yeah, I'm not fully invested in Jacques Vaughn. Don't, I'm, I'm sorry. So that's why I'm saying these players are going to have to show and prove because if they don't show and prove and they don't make the playoffs, I'm telling you right now, I'm eviscerating all of y'all. I'm telling you, and I'm a Brooklyn Nets fan, and I will call each one of you out. Only person, people that play playing right now is Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert. I'll mm. give credit to Joe Harris because he was consistent. But as far as everybody else is concerned, y'all need to, everybody, I'm saying everybody, including management, like y'all better write this shit. And y'all better continue to, y'all better continue to build off of this. Like, make the playoffs. I'll be happy if you make the sixth seed because at least it shows you that you're progressing. But you better show me something because if you don't show me something, I'm telling you right now, I'm coming for each and every one of you guys. Well, I think there's one thing we can all agree upon, that Jacques Vaughn won't be the, you know, the coach of the, the Nets whenever the NBA season starts, whether it's, you know, you know, end of this year, next year, who knows. But whenever the season starts again, Jacques Vaughn will more than likely not be the coach. But, and you know what? Here's the, I'm sorry. Here's the kicker that's really even making me more upset because now I'm only hearing, like, Tyron Lue, Mark Jackson, Greg Popovich may even leave the Spurs. These are coaches that I'm hearing. Why is Ty Lue even mentioned because he's Kyrie Irving's co previous coach? I, he doesn't have the – I mean, of course he won championships with Cleveland, but that's because of LeBron. Don't give it to me because it's because of Ty Lue. You better come up with some better names than that. I'm sorry. Well, Ty Lue let them do whatever they wanted to do. And 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 and, 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 that's, and, my, and, and that's where it all lies. And then is my problem because that <laughs> is what kills me right now. That's why I couldn't stand Cleveland. So you really think I'm going to let that slide if you bring Ty Lue to the Brooklyn Nets? No. I don't care if you are Kyrie Irving. I will tell you that it's not a best fit for you. For Brooklyn at all. It's not the Brooklyn way. It may be the Cleveland way, but it's not the Brooklyn way. Spread love. I'm sorry. It's been building. It's been really building. But I, I have to say, I don't know what caused Kenny Atkinson to leave, but I think that they should have let him go with better class than that. Give him to the rest of the year. If you would have told me at the end of the year that they was parting ways, I would be more okay with that. Because at least you're telling me that you're thinking about doing making changes, but he didn't even get that shot. That's what's the killer. He didn't even get that opportunity to play with, uh, to coach all for a healthy Brooklyn Nets team at all. Well, <laughs> Ace, uh, I have no more to say about that. <laughs> You got a mic, I'll drop it real quick. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I, I mean, of course, we, we get passionate when we talk about our teams and stuff like that, but I, that came as a real shock to me. I, and I took that to heart. I really did. I took that to heart. So um, I'm just saying, 
I digress because I know we're up against the clock, but I'm just saying that the Brooklyn Nets were doing everything that until then to this past weekend, they was doing everything that I was okay with and I appreciate it and respect it. This past weekend, I lost some of that respect for them. Some of it. I'm still root for them. Don't get me wrong. I'm still root for Brooklyn, but I lost some of that respect because their culture changed. It shifted. And it's not to the liking that I would prefer. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. I think we've come up on our time today. Uh, uh, I think so, too. <laughs> uh, and as uh, as you eloquently said, Earl, uh, spread love is the Brooklyn way. <laughs> We're past Alizé. Uh, um, <laughs> you know, the Alizé and Moet kept me pissy. <laughs> anyway, we're not going down the big line. But we can always talk, you know, we can always have a conversation about that. Just can't go wrong with that. But hey, I digress. <laughs> Folks, thank you. It's been a very slow, I, I take that back. It's not been a very slow sports week at all, considering everything that's been going on and all the cancellations of the different leagues and colleges and universities and such. So, as we go from week to week and kind of monitor how things are going, how things are going, uh, you know, we'll try to keep everybody informed about things they probably already know, but we're just going to put our own spin on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that being said, fellas, where can folks find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, the gram, um, and Snapchat, if I ever do anything on there. Um, J.D. Ross, the number seven. <laughs> That's why I can't mention Snapchat because I know I don't do nothing at all. <laughs> but you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> Keeping it honest. Oh, I would never do TikTok. No, 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 no. Never anyway, I, I never say never, I should say. But um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am our calls. Twitter and Instagram. I am our calls. You can find me only on Twitter. <laughs> CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. So everybody, thank you once again for tuning in, watching us live, following us on all the podcasts. You can find us just about anyway. You can even find us on the Rock. I'm sure you'll find us there too. Um, so I'm not even about to go and list everywhere we are because we're damn there. Everywhere. So with that being said, until next week, we'd like to thank you and make sure you tune in to another episode of Guys Talking Sports. Cheers. <laughs> Jazzle, Jazzle album stories. <laughs> <laughs>